Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the They Think It's All Over podcast, They Think It's All Corona. On this week's episode, we discuss the implications of bringing players back into training in the Premier League and also the, the championship clubs which have come back to training over the last few days and the effect those uh, positive tests for coronavirus might have on certain players. Obviously, we've seen the Bundesliga go ahead uh, despite some positive tests. So what will that mean for the Premier League? And can the players play on despite some players having the virus? We also chatted about the return of La Liga, which it was announced is due back at the start of June. And also the possibilities of promotion and relegation amongst leagues, depending on which ones are suspended and which ones can be played on. Plus, I've got a interesting, unpopular opinion for you from me this week. And we're back with the usual Dorsey's challenge of selecting a lineup based on some certain conditions. My name is Owen Midder, and this is They Think It's All Over. They think it's all over. It is now. It's on the show today, we've got the usual lineup. David Morgan's here. All right, mate. As well as Scott Hyron. Hello. And Matthew Dawes. You're right, lad. How's things? Yeah, good boys. Good to have you all on the show again. Today we're talking about the return of the Premier League, hopefully coming back in the middle of June, and also the return of La Liga, which has been announced as coming back on the 9th of June, so could be back ahead of the Premier League. What's your thoughts on that, boys? I'm buzzing, mate. Get to see the best player of all time play football again. I mean... It doesn't matter what TV channel it's on. I'll be purchasing the subscription just just to watch <laughs> Lionel Messi play football again. You say what um, well, he's on? What used to be on? That, Eleven uh, Sports. Eleven mate. Sports. Five pound a month. month. That's good. He's only there for a year, unfortunately. <laughs> it's um, on, it was on to ITV for a bit, wasn't it? Yeah. Now it's yeah. on like Eleven. Uh, no, no. Oh, what's, what's the one that's Premier got? Sports? Premier. That's the Premier one. Yeah. Sports, yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter how much it is. I'm paying it, mate, because I love I love watching Messi play. But I think it is it's good to see more and more European league sort of coming back, and I can see the Premier League following suit very soon. Yeah, definitely. As football fans, none of us are going to be complaining about having more stuff to watch on TV, especially now that I think we're all done with our uni degrees, so we've ju- we've got even more time on our hands now. No, wait, well, not really me. I mean, I've got a full-time uh, job, still cranking up, so... <laughs> Inverted commas, full-time. Oh, no. <laughs> Actually, more work these days. Mm-hmm. Work from home, mate. Get away with it. It's fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, the football's on, mate. Well, well Messi's playing, mate. you got work, work comes secondary for that for me. Be careful, Kate Charles and him here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously then, the Premier League is what we're really hoping for to come back. Looking like possibly the second week of June, but they could be bringing it, a bit, bringing it back a bit later on. Obviously, as a few more players now have tested positive for coronavirus after a second waves of tests. Uh, have we got any info on who that is? Uh, so, I, I believe one of the players that's now come out in the second wave was Ramsdale, the keeper for Bournemouth. And I'd, it was two players, I believe, in yeah. the second round. And I don't think they've confirmed the identity of the second one yet. I think it was, I think it was another Watford player, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, I think Ramsdale was like, I had no idea. He had no symptoms, nothing at all. But he's like, I don't know, I have a clue how I've got this. But it just shows that, you know, some people don't have symptoms at all and they test positive. So, I don't know. It's... it's Obviously, they might do more waves of testing, but I mean, another two added onto the list, which is, you know, six from the previous week. Um, it's, it's, it's a relatively small number. Obviously, there's a lot. I think they've tested over 800 people now. Yeah, but. it's quite a small percentage. And you look at the Bundesliga and they're carrying on with sort of similar yeah, exactly, numbers. Yeah, I yeah. think they're testing week by week and mm. every week they're getting sort of four or five pop up and they're yeah. still happy to carry on. 
Yeah, so I mean, you know, if they're willing to do that, then I'm sure Boris can be like, yeah, get on with it, do what you want, sort of thing. Um, which has basically been his attitude the whole time. So, about <laughs> to say, it seems to be quite casual these days. Exactly. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see what's happening in the next few weeks. But yeah, it'd be good to see the Prem back, wouldn't it? Yeah, definitely. What do you think the threshold would be, Hyron, if uh, you know, if we get ten positive tests or twenty positive tests? At what point do we have to sort of say? Right, hang on, let's let's postpone this even further. Well, I think it certainly depends on one if one club is particularly damaged by um, by it. So, say you've got I don't know ten players at one club, or not, maybe not even that many, like five or six. Like I suppose it's almost the case with Watford or Brighton. Um, that is quite an unfair advantage then to one club to have so many uh, players at risk with it. Uh, but I suppose across the whole league as well, you have to look as well. It's hard to really put a number on it, but I suppose you have to look at overall inconvenience and, uh, and I suppose danger to each club and the families of players and, and things like that. So it's it's kind of looking at it with common sense and seeing how it works and then also who they interact with, say, during training and stuff. So mm-hmm. it's hard to really put, put it in black and white, but you've just got to do the best you can, really. I think the other big news with regards to testing and players coming back was within the Championship. That's also... Uh, players back in training after a, r- a round of testing last week so it looks like the championships trying to come back to play uh, as soon as possible which is actually different to what the lower leagues are doing league one and league two looking likely to suspend the season um, and sort of finish it as it is and that uh, has resulted and i think the efl last week came out and said that they are going to keep in promotion and relegation um, so w- w- whatever happens whether seasons are played on or whether seasons are stopped and you know the standings as they are accounted there are there is going to be promotion and relegation mm. what does that mean for those sides that you know could potentially be going down could be a few lawsuits ahead for the fa i think <laughs> i mean they've got to be quite careful um obviously for those going down it is very disappointing and i think they will try to um find a way around that as for the promoted sides i mean they'll be buzzing they'll be they'll want anything to uh, to get promoted but I think they've got to look logically at how they can stop the season. Um, I mean, obviously, uh, France is an inspiration in terms of how they could do it. They could do uh, the champions and, and relegations from, from there. So everyone's got different models. It's just how, if you're willing to deal with the consequences of clubs not being happy, then so be it. What do you think is most likely, Rod? What do you think we're going to see? Um, I'm ho- What I think they may end up doing is sort of... Potentially, I, th- I still think they should they should scrap relegation because promoting teams is is fair enough. You know, it just gives them a bit of an advantage and that. But the financial losses of getting relegated are huge, especially you know when we're looking at League One, League Two. Like the difference between uh, League One and Championship, whilst nowhere close to the difference between Championship and Prem, it's still significant and still would hit the clubs dramatically, especially as these clubs won't really have any TV income. And they won't get, be getting any match day income anytime soon. I think that's the big problem, isn't it? Mm. That without fans in stadiums, there's no match day income. And a lot of the lower league teams is what they rely on. Obviously, they're not getting a lot of TV appearances. Maybe Sky show one or two matches a week. Mm. But it's those those fans in the grounds, the bums on seats, what they really need. What do you think that teams could do to sort of diversify their income streams? Maybe. <sighs> I mean, it's tough, isn't it? Um, you know, there's sort of low team like like you see with Bath City asking their fans to renew season tickets early and buy a lot of much much more merch than they usually would, um, which I think could be an option. Um, I think it's good to see. I mean, I heard a story this week about United. Um, so we've got a few players on loan at Burton and a few other clubs. 
and we're actually deciding not to charge them any loan fees for those those deals. And I think teams in the Premier League that have the opportunity to help should do when they can, um, especially for local clubs and stuff that actually affects them, like like the case with Man United when we've actually got players out on loan. Um, but yeah, I think there's not much. I mean, there's not much they can do really, apart mm-hmm. from like community fundraising, maybe, but. It's, it's going to be so hard for these clubs to survive. It's going to be tough, isn't it? Yeah, one thing we've seen in the Bundesliga and other leagues is um, fans being able to pay a fee to get a sort of cardboard cutout of themselves put mm. in the ground, which obviously they could do it on a sort of pay-what-you-want cases yeah. with like a minimum mm. charge to cover the fees and then play, fans can pump money into the club that way. Mm. Obviously, season ticket prices may need to go up at some clubs to help cover this. Which I think, you know, in the lower leagues, the cost of a season ticket is quite low. So most fans are more than willing to sort of take a sort of 10% increase on mm. your season ticket, potentially even more. I think it's basically what city owners do already, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, buy up the seats and put plastic fans I in mean, them. <laughs> yeah. I think City have learnt a lot from this pandemic, really, about you know all these different tips of getting more fans into the ground, <laughs> getting more money. I mean, getting more cardboards. And they've also probably been the most unaffected by it as well, <laughs> potentially. You know, that every it was the match the income was zero before, so it's now zero now. <laughs> yeah. It's irrelevant. City really, can yeah. be seen as the pioneers of social distancing yeah, in matches. So now I thought Dorset a few weeks ago we'd be bust after the oil prices are going down. Yeah, yeah, apparently, yeah, we're, yeah. apparently we're supposed to be a club by now. Yeah. Said, yeah. Your estimation about two the key, weeks. The key was I said if the oil prices. Continue, Continues to decrease, but it has actually stabilised now. All the so. conditional arrangements. Yeah, I don't remember these. Uh, if you listen back, yeah, but your memory's a bit suspect. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. quite interested. You have, to see. you have just been fact checked. I'm, I'm very, very interested to see. So we mentioned there some goodwill from Manchester United. Obviously, uh, not charging the loan fees. Some of the some of the clubs that they've got players at. Uh, another Man United player actually has been involved in some goodwill. Uh, what's the story, Doors? Um, so it's, it's Marcus Rashford, and he's got this sort of. Um, children's setup going on where he's provided 2.8 million children with food during the coronavirus who would usually rely on school meals obviously there's no school at the moment so children that would usually get those free school meals are sort of struggling but 2.8 million did you just say 2.8 million children That's ridiculous. it's incredible what he's done um, and he's got a he received a certificate today from Manchester County Council so just highlighting his key efforts, which I think is is phenomenal to see. Um, What's what is wages on? I didn't realise he was on that much to get two point eight million kids meals last year. Yeah, crazy. yeah, yeah. It's incredible, and he also has sort of asked for um, donations from the public right, as well. Okay, so yeah, yeah. you know, he put in obviously a lot of the money, but there is some other sort of sources for, of income as well. But I mean, he's on three hundred grand a week, so <laughs> you know, it's yeah, not you know, it's, it's not, a lot. It's not bad, is it? You know, but yeah, it's it's good to see footballers sort of coming together and. Helping, helping those less fortunate in this in this crisis. I think it's interesting because uh, a lot of the, the beginning of the crisis, they come come under a lot of pressure. Mm. Footballers to take wage cuts, take mm. wage deferrals, and there wasn't really much happening. But I think we are seeing the sort of the good news stories coming about slowly. The press te- don't really want to cover them, do they? It's uh, yeah. they're very quick to jump on when uh, a football player does something wrong, but yeah. when they. Yeah. Uh, they do something good it's a little bit slow to come out yeah I think there was another story about uh, Harry Kane he bought the shirt sponsorship rights for Leighton Orient where he did a loan spell and he's giving sort of all the money he makes from that potentially um, towards the NHS and other charities Um, so looking across then to Germany that's the 
Bundesliga, which has been back over the last couple of weeks. We've all picked a side to support. Uh, not going so well. I think all of our teams lost this weekend. <laughs> no, not my Apart one. from Hirons. Yeah. What was the score in your match, Hirons? Uh, two all, with Cologne, where we were 2-0 um, down about the 85th minute. Oh, yeah. Two quick goals to get us back in uh, in that race for the uh, sixth spot. Oh, you got you got to take that. Yeah. How many points are you away from sixth now? Uh, I think it's just there might be six but I think we're three points behind both your team That's and it, Rod's yeah. team as well so it's quite yeah. tight Schalke for me and Freiburg for Rod all, all in the mix for that sixth spot and uh, <laughs> yeah. potential Europa League place next year I mean Schalke have been an embarrassment these last few <laughs> weeks haven't they <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, not been great yeah, I think they've uh, only scored seven goals in 2020 <laughs> or something That's no, a shambles, shambles mate yeah. um but yeah, I mean, for me, there's been a few stand-up performances this week again. I mean, Havertz again was unplayable. Another two goals. And Werner scoring a hat-trick for Leipzig as well, I think. And then Sancho came on, sort of made a good little cameo with another assist. And what I'll have to say is, you know, the three of Germany's brightest young stars, will we be seeing a Premier League invasion for these three? Maybe a lot of rumours, obviously, of us getting Sancho and Werner going to Liverpool. And then some deluded Arsenal fans on Twitter thinking that Havertz is going to go to them. But... <laughs> What do you think, boys? I mean, it'd be good to see those sort of young talent back in the Prem, wouldn't it, surely? It's interesting, isn't it? I think it's, it was certainly a possibility before the COVID crisis, mm. if you like, but it's really thrown transfers right up in the air. Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen with transfer windows and transfer fees, you know, work permits. So the players going to have to have a 14-day um, isolation yeah. if they come into the mm. country. What use is that for a transfer? Exactly, like, you know, imagine having to wait 14 days for a player to be able to do his medical. <laughs> um, yeah, he just, then he doesn't pass the medical, he's got to go back home. And then spend another 14 days <laughs> before he can go somewhere else to do a medical. It's crazy. Like, um, we also could see potentially a, a crash in the transfer market, you know. In recent years, players like Neymar and stuff have just completely blown the market out of proportion to what it should be and then this potentially could bring it back down to sort of much more manageable levels and lower clubs can actually in a few years maybe start competing again it's interesting because I think a lot of lower clubs are going to have to sell players mm. just to make up the shortfalls in, in gate receipts and TV revenue so I think there could be a sort of race to the bottom which is a little bit worrying given that clubs are going to be selling off talent quite cheaply and, and it's only going to be those big clubs that are going to benefit the likes of City hiring they could be picking up scraps no, yeah, very cheap. No, I mean, it's like Dawes said, there's quite a few um, a few players that are shining right now, and I suppose Sancho being the obvious one, which we let go, unfortunately. But um, <laughs> that went well for you. No, at the, at the end of the day, he's he's making it making the uh, world for himself out there, and he's doing a brilliant job. But he, I mean, no one wants to know who has exploded like he has. And um, but yeah, there's opportunities for all the big clubs say in England, in Spain as well. Um, all all to go in for these players. Well. I mean, I wouldn't say say like Dortmund, for example, is a small, like small club, a very big club. But um, I think you always go look at the grass as greener with teams like Barcelona, United, mm. City, those type of teams. <laughs> would you want Would you want Werner or Havertz at City next season? I think Havertz looks looks quite good. Yeah. I think he's very um, perfect replacement when De Bruyne leaves in the summer. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, dep- oh, depends oh, oh. on the on how our our case goes in, in court. Yeah. Really, but only I'm, ten days away, mate. I'm I'm, I'm backing us to uh, to do okay from that. Might have to get some live coverage of that. Going yeah, I think I'm up for that. <laughs> yeah, get it on the lounge TV. Obviously, obviously as well we've got the big one tonight Dortmund v Bayern um, well, so this podcast is going to go out after that match so yeah. maybe we can make some predictions now we can see if they're right when, when the yeah, podcast that's goes that's out good. I think I'll go for a 3-1 Bayern win 
Yeah. 3-2 Bayern Where, Is this in, it's in, in Munich? It's in Dortmund Does it matter? Oh, it yeah it doesn't really <laughs> matter There's no fans there yeah, no, it's, it's still home ground Still home dressing room mm. They're used to the grass um, Yeah, yeah, the yeah exactly So I think I'm going to go Ooh. for a 2-1 win for Dortmund uh, I think Bayern's form is, is too yeah, good at the moment <laughs> They're looking to I mean both clubs Both looking clubs have been in good form Incredibly well uh, I'm going to go for a 2-1 win Ooh. for Bayern Mm. There'll be plenty of goals, I think that's 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 the key. So. Um, so that'll be interesting to watch tonight. So we're back with our weekly game of start one, bench one, sell one. We actually missed it last week because we had a bumper podcast. Do go and check that one out if you're not already. Uh, but it's back and dorsey has got a new lineup for us. Yeah, so we're starting off with um, Spanish strikers. Um, so we've got Fernando Torres, David Villa and Raul. Ooh. It's a tough one. I think Torres is immediately gone for me. Wow, okay. I have those two. Yeah. Interesting. I think, yeah, obviously he had a very good start to his career, but his, his time at Chelsea really did tail mm. off. Yeah, I agree. Um, he, he was remembered as a bit of a meme more than a, a world-class <laughs> striker. I think Raul is, is my first choice. Wow. And mm-hmm. David Villa on the bench. It's a great impact player to have. And uh, always, always seems to have legs sort of going into the last last few minutes yeah. of the game but Raul was incredible incredible player yeah. at, his, at his, his prime uh, and potentially one of the best in the world ever uh, really unplayable mm. uh, not, not much you can do to defend against him yeah I think I'll have to agree with Mids um, consi- I have consider switching Davia up to that start position just mm. for sort of his exploits with Spain and stuff but you know it's Raul you can't <laughs> you can't be you can't be benching him can you really no you can't Oh, I, it's hard. Yeah, I, I love David Villa too much. I think he he's top class and was top class for Spain. Um, I think his longevity as well. Too. His yeah. longevity as yeah. well. He he's just continued through the through the years and just can't stop scoring. Um, I think yeah, Raúl has has to be there on the bench. I think, mm. like you boys said, he's just done so much for so many years as well, and his class was a joke. I, I, it's so harsh on um, on Torres mm. I think people undermine how good he was at Liverpool oh yeah he was very and for Spain in that yeah. 08, 08 uh, Euros yeah. he won it on his own for a moment so. he, he was very good at that point in time uh, but I suppose he's, he's just a bit of a meme unfortunately yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I think I, I'd have to agree with Scott and start David Villa um, the guy was just brilliant um, especially at Barca as well I mean that front three of Villa, Messi, and and Pedro, unbelievable, and he really stuck out, stood out in that team. Obviously, scored in the final against us in the Champions League, as well, classic really. But and then yeah, Raúl on the bench. I, it's a shame to leave out Torres because, as you said, Scott, I think if we're looking at in their prime, I'd probably put Torres starting night. Like, starting, you know? yeah, um, yeah, the prime. But yeah. it's just, it's just as as you say at Chelsea. Even though he did win the Champions League with them, he sort of tailed off um, towards the end of his career. Whereas Raúl. I mean, he was a top scorer in the Champions League for years and years until Ronaldo and Messi turned up. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's fair with that one. Um, so moving on to the second one, we've got sort of a, a midfielders sort of section here. So we've got Makaleli, Vieira, and Busquets. Oh, oh no, you can't be doing that. <laughs> I've just done it, Rod. <laughs> I think for me, that's ridiculously hard, mate. That's it's tough. So it's a tough one. For, for me. Busquets has to be at the top there. Okay. I think. Oh, oh, I don't. He, know, he I is. Think, oh. I mean, the other two players are incredible as well, but I think he's so pedigree to how Barcelona have been so successful over the years. What he does at central, uh, in centre midfield, mm. it's just incredible. He get he. <laughs> 
I, I don't know a player I think that can turn defence into attack as as efficiently mm. as him. He really does just get the ball rolling. He can just. I I I don't know how to describe it. Just if you watch him play and his intelligence mm. is is just amazing. Um, so I have to start him for me. I mean, it's so difficult between the other two because I think you could literally say like you could put any of the names mm-hmm. in that sentence. You, you, true, you, you, yeah. you could, yeah, like, you could. They were all incredible players. Like you know, Michele, the role is named. He has a role yeah, named, yeah, named after him. him. Yeah, you know, Vieira. You know, he was guessing. He's starting for you, Rob. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I, I who's on Hiron's bench? And who yeah. are you selling, mate? I think. Oh God, it's difficult. Um... I think I have to go Makaleli on the bench. On four, oh, it's grim. That's I hate, terrible. I hate That's saying terrible. this, but no. so Vieira, I have to sell. That's so it's sad. grim. It's really grim. Oh. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not selling Vieira no matter what happens. I can't do that to him. Not for what, not for what he did for for my club. I think I, I think I, I have to agree with Scott and start Busquets and then bench Vieira. Like, oh. And then I'd sell McCallum just hurts. <laughs> but it just, it just the, it's the it's the hardest one, yeah. Yeah, this is yeah, this is definitely hard. like I think I, I have to stick to that, but like it, I don't feel like there's a right answer mm. or a wrong one. I'm really, really struggling here. I'm really struggling. <laughs> I mean, I'm, all, I'm, all, I'm almost concerned in changing months. Oh, yeah. Swapping my bench and myself because I think Vieira's leadership was so oh, God, yeah, so he important was, he was to incredible. Arsenal. I think like, I think in that respect and the leadership I think is actually useful to have in. So I'm actually going to reverse my decision, wow. get Vieira back back in my bench, and uh, I'm f- oh it's grim. <laughs> oh, think has, about what you've done there. Has, it is grim, but I think the leadership yeah. is important. Uh, which yeah. I, I think Sergio Busquets has been at Barcelona for years and is probably one of the leaders in that dressing room. Mm. But Vieira was was something else, wasn't he? Yeah. I think he has to he has to have a presence in that squad. Looks like me. you've seen a ghost, mid mate. <laughs> I think I'm gonna go Busquets as well. I don't want to, but I think I have to. It's unfortunate. <laughs> He's other, just too good. The other two is ridiculous. I can't. I can't choose between them. You have to. Yeah, that's that's the problem. I think my gut instinct says Makaleli. Mm. I don't know whether that's just because I've watched him play more. I think Vieira a little bit before my mm. time. Um, but <laughs> shake of the head from It's just that's a gut instinct. I honestly can't tell you why. I I can't separate the two of them on on paper or. <laughs> In in reality, I, I can't separate. But my gut says Macaulay. Mm. He's going on my bench, and Vieira is at my club. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing what I did last 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 time I did this. And agreeing with you, mate. mate. Um, <laughs> I think Busquets. Oh, it's so tight, but I think he, he, he has to he has to start. Um, the guy's ridiculous. I mean, Scott's summed him up really well. To be fair to him, so I'll leave it at that. And yeah, I think Macaulay. Obviously, in the early 2000s, he's one of the best midfielders in the world. Vera was so good though he was very good incredible did win that World Cup but then so did Makale- oh this is tough I think I will <laughs> I'll, st- I'll, I'll stick with Makaleli on my bench I will stick with him just oh that's so tight though I mean I, I, I thought of the idea and I still haven't got a clue like, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, you've had extra time to exactly yeah this, I still haven't got a clue you've had days to prepare yeah yeah and I haven't got a clue but I think I'll stick with that start Busquets bench Makaleli and get rid of Vera. I think god so hard <laughs> And now, so for the final one this week, it's a little bit different, but oh I think... Dear, oh, dear, what's this? It's a little bit different, but I'm... So we were talking about some, you know, good youngsters earlier, you know, Sancho, etc. but I've got three youngsters here... Oh, interesting. ...who I'd go... And the, the, the sort of question would be is, who would you want at your club starting? Who would right. you want on the bench? And yeah. who would you not want at your club? So I've got Phil Foden, mm. Jaden Sancho, <laughs> and Haaland. Ooh. Mm. Oh, I mean, that, that's... <laughs> 
I, th- I think the problem with that is the fact that the other two, um, well, Haaland and Sancho, have already smashing it in Germany this mm. year, whereas obviously I mean, you've got to think about not, who, would you rather, who would you rather have at your club I mean, for, do you for, see more potential yeah, in Foden I see massive potential in Foden uh, but I mean at the same time the numbers aren't lying for yeah. the other two. <laughs> yeah. but they are, it's very difficult because you say you've seen it but I don't know where anyone's seen that like yeah. he's barely played no but the, the, unless you've been watching the other 23s week in week out no no but he the way he has played in like for City, even in the, like the game, like senior games, mm-hmm. like he, ten minutes. Yeah. A game. So sometimes he does stand out though, and like against Not, Tottenham, for example, when he played there, he, he stood for the like, last ten minutes. No, he, <laughs> he, he started that game and scored the only goal, um, which ultimately won us the league. But I, as a City fan, I think give, I don't know if I am I allowed to. I suppose I'm going to have to pick emotionally and and go for yeah. uh, Foden. I think. I mean, I wouldn't starting. Stop. Uh, he has to either be starting or on the mm-hmm. bench for me. I mean, classic be on the bench, but um, yeah. Guess <laughs> so if you picked him to start, that would be the first yeah. time in Foden's career. <laughs> <laughs> World class Rod. I think. Oh God, this is really this is really difficult. Though. I think it's quite easy for me. I think I think Foden's got to be sold instantly. Yeah. I, I think it's easy for I, you boys, but for for me, given the emotional attachment. Yeah, I think if, if the emotional attachment wasn't there, I suppose he wouldn't he think, wouldn't be there. You've got to be clinical, mate. You've got to be yeah. clinical. Ma- manager of a club isn't that yeah. emotional. He's got to make the decisions to yeah. get the club to win, no, win the suppose, but I think, And if you see the potential... But I think the potential's there, and he was a big part of um, like the England's under-17 squad for mm-hmm. them winning against Spain as well. He was with Dominic Solanke. Oh, yeah, <laughs> true. But, but, I th- but I think there's so much hype and potential behind him. I think he could seriously be a, a City club legend. So I'm going to start him, okay. and I think behind him I will go for Haaland because I think he w- I think he will be a top scorer yeah. for the years to come. Yeah. It's grim on Sancho. I think Sancho's got an abundance of talent, um, but I think Haaland's just going to be one of those strikers, mm-hmm. kind of like Lewandowski, mm-hmm. where he just bangs in the goals yeah. and he just doesn't stop. And I think okay. Sancho will be one of those ones where he might be more inconsistent at points in his career. For Haaland, for me, he, he, I just think he's going to be so efficient and just banging the goals all of his career. Fair enough. I think F- Foden's gone for me, yeah. as we've just already discussed. F- fair enough, I understand I'm that. Gonna, I'm going to be controversial here, and I think that Sancho's overrated. <laughs> I'm going to put, put that Your unpopular there. opinion is coming up in a few minutes. <laughs> and, That's already one name. My unpopular opinion is very much related to that. Oh, really? Oh, which God. you'll find out in a few oh, minutes' time. Uh, I think Haaland has got that that magic touch yeah that's that what you look for in a player the x factor as they call it yeah. he's got that something else i think sancho very very good player don't get me wrong but i don't think he's got i don't think he's going to become the next leader on messi <sighs> I think, but that, that I think that's a sort of no player. Yeah. <laughs> looking today, you're looking at any player and thinking, oh yeah, they're going to be the next. But I think Messi. I think Holland could be the next Thierry Henry, the next Roman van Persie. Mm-hmm. You know, I well, just don't. I, don't I think see... it's too early to be calling that, but I could definitely see him having a sort of career. He's got the like, same he's level got of forty goals a season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could definitely see him having a career similar level to Lewandowski. Yeah, very easy to draw comparisons between the two yep. Bundesliga strikers both played for Dortmund he'd be a Bayern in a few years probably huh? yeah. 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 the age old feeder cycle yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm guessing up. yours will be Holland starts yeah. Sancho on the bench and Foden's in the bin and, and in, ter- in terms of do you see the potential in Foden being better than Sancho I've got no clue mate I've no. literally barely seen the kid play no fair enough fair enough I, 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 yeah. honest truth I, yeah. I don't mm. know I've literally never not, I've, yeah he scored that one goal he comes off the bench. He looks decent on the pitch, but yep. I got nothing to measure him against. Mm. No fair, dude. I th- I think just the way he plays and the way that 
he can like glide past players and just swiftly move through the midfield and his feet is yeah, just a joke. Renato Again, Sanchez not... could do that yeah. for Swansea. Like, we used to be class on the ball to get past players. No end product. Yeah. Look at what no, Sancho and Pepe He's got the end product as well. He, he's had good... What, one goal? Well, yeah. no, no, no. He's had multiple goals this season and assists. Given his numbers, his um, goals and assists ratio is very good. But then why hasn't he played more? Because I don't, I don't know. I, I would. The thing, the thing is, I would start him, but um, obviously Pep hasn't been. But then does Pep see something that you're not in the player? Well, I mean, you've, have, you, have you heard Pep's comments about him? Yes, he has said yeah, very it's, high. It's one thing to say something to shallow, the media. Shallow comment for me. Shallow comment. I'd, I'd, Always I'd, the best player I've ever worked with. I'd, why is he not playing? Though? I'd, at the end of the day, it's uh, it's what I. I've seen I've seen him play. I think he looks incredible, and I think yeah, fair, he's enough, fair enough. And I think know. he's going to be a very special t- and talented yeah. player. Obviously, and Rod, probably you, for England as well. Rod, you agree with Mod then? Do you? Yeah, then? I agree with Mod. I yeah. think I think you've got to sell Foden in in this and in real life. You've got to be sold to so that his career can actually truly take off. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, man. Um, point. And then yeah, I think I think at the moment Haaland is a better talent than Sancho. Yeah, Sancho is a very very good player, and I don't get me wrong. I think any club in the world would want to have him mm. in their team. He, but I just think Haaland, you know, he's got, he's really, really something special. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm going to flip a switch. Um, <laughs> it's like because Sanchez going United. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm thinking. No, 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 no. I just, I mean, Foden's gone. Um, <laughs> I think, Scott, you can say what you want, mate, but if he was as good as you, you say he is, and obviously what Pep thinks of him, he'd have started more games this season. You know, no, David Silva's been poor this season. Yeah, Gundogan's been poor this season. Actions speak louder than words. I think. You know, yeah. um, and you're, you know, you're 30 points behind Liverpool now. Why didn't you? Why haven't you been playing for the last few months? You were never going to win the league, so I honestly you might as well that. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to start Sancho. Um, I think the last sort of 18 months, he's been unbelievable. His numbers are crazy. Um, 20 years of age. Obviously, Haaland's numbers are ridiculous as well, and they're both very well, top, top, top talents. And if Dortmund can hold on to them, they can really sort of go for the Bundesliga next season, maybe even the Champions League with that with those two. Um, obviously, there's rumours that Sancho's coming to United, <laughs> which would be phenomenal. Because I, <laughs> I think I think there's a good chance. Fans for no, 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 no. We've got, like, we've got much more chance against Sancho. I just think I yeah, love yeah, everything about 200 mil. him. As we just discussed earlier, man, the market might crash. 100 mil might be enough these days um, to pick him up. And I think a winger as well. I just I just love everything about him and a huge start for me. Very tough decision though, but Sancho would start. So over the last few weeks we've had sort of a few unpopular opinions. Obviously I was last week and managed to persuade two of the boys to agree with my opinion, but this week it's uh, Owen Midder's turn. <laughs> I'm very interested in looking looking forward to this. What, what have you got? So I gotta get two out of three to, to yeah, win. Yeah, yeah, two yeah. out of three. So this is my unpopular opinion. Kylian Mbappe is the best player of the next generation and will go some way to fill the void left when Messi retires. Initial thoughts, boys? Um, I think it could be a bit too early to call considering all he's ever done is tear up. He he did do the World World Cup, Cup, but, you know, week in, week out, he plays in the French League, which is, to quote Dawes, is a farmer's league. And he was playing probably one of the best World Cup squads you know, in recent years, yeah. like that France team was phenomenal. Like, what I will say is, Mbappe's—he's had four seasons in the French league now. Mm. You know, four full seasons. In all of them, I think he scored the minimum of fifteen goals. So he's, he's certainly proving his potential. This season, he's got eighteen goals in twenty games. Mm. Pretty good return. Very um, good return. 
five assists, although it's a little, little bit low, you might expect. Mm. His, actually, his expected assists was nearly 11, 10.58 expected assists. He is playing with Cavani. He's a bottle job. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so you've got to look at it from that perspective. And that gives him expected goals and assists per 90 of 1.61. <laughs> that's ridiculous. That's, mm. that's more than some clubs. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> that's actually crazy. You've got 28 chances created in, in Liga 1 this season, and the season's not, season's not even done. And you just look at his numbers last year: thirty-three goals in twenty-nine games to, to finish as top scorer, and, and nine nine assists. Um, I think, you know, he does. He is a level above the rest of League One, League One. And I, I, you might say he's playing against farmers, yeah, but he's he's the best farmer out there. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I think <laughs> the king farmer. <laughs> the he, he's, he's the king, the king farmer. And yeah, you got, you got to look at his other performances outside the league. On you look at yeah. Champions League. He's got five goals in seven games in Champions League this year. He's not playing against farmers there. Playing against some of the best teams in the world. You talk about his, his hat trick earlier in the seasons against Bruges, a Bruges side who later drew with Real Madrid at the Bernabeu. Mm-hmm. I'll have you know. I watched that game. It was a good game. He came off came off the bench on fifty two minutes in Mbappe and scored three goals in half an hour, <laughs> and and assisted another one. Mm. Like, that's a joke. Now that's not that's not against farmers. That's mm-hmm. against a very good side. It's a, I think it was the fastest hat trick um, off the bench in Champions League history. Mm. Uh, and yeah, you look at other other things. You mentioned the World Cup there. You know, he was mm. arguably one of the best players of the World Cup. I mean, that France team was was class. But he was only the second ever teenager to score in a World Cup final. You can probably guess who the other one was. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I feel I feel like he's ready and set up to be, you know, the twenty twenties. He's he's the 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 one to beat. You know, we mm. we chatted a bit earlier about Sancho, Holland, Foden, probably not in the same bracket. But no, you know, we we talked. The twenty tens has been Messi versus Ronaldo. The twenty twenties could be Mbappe versus I don't know who it'll be, but. I feel like Mbappe's going to be there. Yeah, I, th- I think straight away it's looking good for you. Um, obviously, his numbers are ridiculous. Um, I just think when it really mattered last season in the Champions League, where was he against us? Where was he? Um, this was probably the worst United team I've ever seen fielded in a Champions League game. You know, uh, out of form Fred, Scott McTominay and Pereira as a midfield three and he we kept him quiet. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, I mean, that's what Messi and Ronaldo have been doing for the last ten years. You know, scoring those goals when it really, really matters. Um, as you say, you know, score whatever goals in league and but when it really matters, I think he still needs to prove himself at the top level. Um, I think that's what I will say about his his game style is a little bit one dimensional. Yeah. Mm. But I think equally, you look at the likes of Messi and Ronaldo, and that was very similar to what they were like at twenty one years old. You know, they didn't Ooh, they Messi. didn't have the screw with Messi, but Messi, yeah. and even Ronaldo, I think Ronaldo then, as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, they had so much. I think they had so much more to their game than Mbappe does. Um, I think if you take away Mbappe's pace, he's nowhere near as good as he would be. You know what I mean? So, yeah, whereas I in know, Messi, think... you take away his passing, he's still got his finishing. You take away his dribbling, he's still got. He's mm. got so many different qualities about his game. I'd say that for Mbappe as well. He's not just got pace. He's not just a pace merchant. His, his awareness on the ball is incredible. Mm. He's got the agility of as good as anyone up there with the likes of Messi. Yeah, he's got he's got to work on his passing and his finishing, but he's he's scoring goals for fun. Mm-hmm. You know, if if you get if you get he's he's getting in the right place at the right time, all he needs is the service. and yeah. it's in the back of the net. He's definitely you know? got definitely got the potential to be up there. I don't think he'll ever reach reach Messi's level. Um, I think I don't think anyone will anyway. But I think I think the key with it is he needs to make that move to yeah. a Real Madrid yeah. or a Barcelona, or even like a Liverpool. You know, just go to one of those. 
top top teams at now right now you know he's 21 as you say 22 in a few months I think um he he just needs to make that move he looks before it's too late I think I, I don't I don't think he needs to I think oh, I think PSG could potentially be win the Champions League this season I think they could win it next year if not they could I win think, it they could win it this season I think, I think they, they're set they're set up I think PSG is set up to be the next domination club in European football Oof, very interesting I mean, well, it'd be in that's a in very there. interesting it's very interesting, interesting opinion because in theory you know you look back at them and they've they've kind of been set up to be the next dominant force for the last five years yeah, but then they've they've always been missing something key whether they've now got that the sort of the other po- the other thing with Mbappe, you know, that game against I think it was Man City, you know, where he, he sort of just tore oh, City apart. Yeah, for Monaco. Yeah, that was his breakout season, mm, yeah. you know, and he tore your pass in that game. He was brilliant, yeah. Yeah, phenomenal. I think it does take that long sometimes on the point of PSG Rod to, to get into the Champions League though. You look at City, they've been knocking on the door for the last ten years now, what they've done. Yeah, Not yeah. got past quarterfinals. Mm. You know, it takes time to, to build European pedigree. Took, took United 50 years to get back to the top from where they were in the 50s to mm. get back there in the 90s you know yeah. it, it does take that time it's not something that you can just sort of turn around on a sixpence and I think that sort of uh, side with Mbappe and um, Neymar in it that's really knocking on the door of, of becoming the next domination force in, in European mm. football yeah I, th- I, th- I just think there's a bottle mentality at that club that yeah. I don't think you can get out of you know it's like similar to Spurs how they should have won so many trophies the last few years obviously they've got a brilliant squad but this is always in the back of their minds there's always that doubt and I think PSG are the same I mean to go 4-0 up over a two-legged tie and lose is just ridiculous um, not once but twice exactly. to concede six goals in the second leg I just think it's crazy um, but I think I think regardless of PSG though, it's really, uh, take, it's, taking it aside from really PSG, looking, looking at Mbappe, Mbappe in, in person, he's a talisman that can transform any side, I think. Like we've seen from the likes of Ronaldo and Messi, he, that, he's that key player, which if you've got him in your side, you know he can be mm. dangerous. Yeah. You know he can get past three, four players. You, I don't know if you've seen the goal against Lyon in the semi-final of the Coupe de France earlier this season. He beats four or five players, mm. starting in his own half. And puts puts in a bottom bin yeah. like he's, he sends two players for a hot dog, ends another's <laughs> career. Like it's a joke. I know yeah. you might say they're farmers, but Leon aren't, aren't a bad side. side. You know, yeah. They've been in Champions League, yeah. Europa League the last few years. And he's again, you look at his his, his position in that France side. Mm. He, he is he's so key to the, their success. You, you take him out of that, you know they they got world class side. They got they got Pogba and um, Griezmann. Griezmann. But Giroud up front, you know, is 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 he going to compensate for losing Mbappe? No, Probably not. No. Is that that partnership which he works in with Giroud and, and Griezmann is is key and to that Pog- side? And with Pogba as well, I think having Pogba behind him is brilliant, and that's why I'd want him to move to a, a Barca or a Real to have. I mean, PSG have got some brilliant players, but I think the players are like Barca and Bayern etc. Have that cut above, and I think in those sort of teams he'd be almost unplayable. Um, but I think for me he'd have to move to prove it you know you, you say mm. say what about PSG he'd still, he'd still be in Ligue 1 for most yeah. of the season scoring you know 30 goals a season against Farmers but I mean look at Neymar he went there to try and win the Ballon d'Or he hasn't been in the top 30 for the last two years now because we, of we it. talk about the Farmers there but I don't feel like many other leagues they're not as if they haven't got Farmers we've been watching the Bundesliga mm. the last few weeks plenty of Farmers in that yeah, if he goes I, to Bayern Munich or Dortmund what's he, what's he proving realistically that he puts 10 past FC Colm who, you know, who cares? But I mean, but there hasn't been a there hasn't been a race in 
in France since Monaco is a very good team when mm. he did win it to be fair with Monaco but he doesn't doesn't need a race he's still scoring 30 goals a season I think it's why a, does it have to be a race I, I just think PSG are just by far yeah. ahead of everyone else yeah, yeah I'm agreeing with you yeah yeah so um, but he's, he's scoring goals against, far, against farmers but I think he'd still be scoring goals against farmers in Germany or in Spain I think it'd only possibly be the Premier League where he'd get enough competition to sort of decide if he's you know worth it as your your boys are saying so what's the exact question that hand yeah so is is he going to become the next big player is he going to be the world domination player for the next 10 years but the thing is I, th- I can't think of a name that you put ahead of him that's what that's what I'm saying yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I can't think like, of anyone else boys so yeah, I, I think he... I'm gonna you know agree with mid on this because I can't I think it's too early to say with Haaland he'd be the only other name I'd say at the moment that could potentially rival him but it's too early on in his mm. career to say if he's going to be able to keep it up and sort of you know um, hit the same kind of heights that Mbappe has so far mm-hmm. and I can't see Sancho doing it and yeah I just, I just can't see any other player it, overtaking him it'll be it'll be interesting um, obviously with with Neymar he was you know you know the second coming of Christ at one point, you know, coming out of Brazil <laughs> yeah, for Santos, yeah. made his big move to Barcelona where he was astonishing for years. But then since he's gone to PSG and he's not really done much, he's been injured a lot and hasn't got that same sort of determination to do well. Where I think I think Scott mentioned earlier about comfort. Yeah. Mbappe could get really comfortable at PSG, you know. Um but I mean saying that, there is no one else really. I mean the players I've got down here, I've got Sancho, Holland, mm-hmm. Sterling. Oh, I got. I that's disgraceful. I've got. I've got Greenwood. Yeah, oh, that's a good shout. But I think get you seventeen. You know, is the, the, yeah, just, it, it's they're unproven. The only one you could possibly put in there who's a proven player mm-hmm. would be Sterling. I think. Mm-hmm. It's whether you think he's, no, he's, no, no he's anywhere near him. I think. He's he's near in, him. I think Mbappe's in a bracket. Not of his own. based yeah. off his I'd, last I'd, couple of seasons. I think I'm gonna have to agree with you. A couple of seasons. I think. I don't know because I think again at least Sterling's done it in a more difficult, far more difficult league. Yeah, no, I, I do agree with that. You know, he has done it a good league, but has he done it to the same level? He's mm. not. He's not scored thirty-three goals in the season. That well, even well, looked like scored, doing that. Got over goals and assists. He has. He has. He's done. I think thirty last season. Yeah, but Mbappe's got like forty-five yeah. in the <laughs> Farmers League. What's I'm uh, saying? So, so that accounts for the Farmers League, you know? It's oh, it's different. I, I don't know. I, th- I think I think I'm gonna have to agree with you, mid. Um, if you'd have said something like, you know, he's going to overtake Messi's legacy and Ronaldo's I legacy. He, I don't think he's going to do I don't that. Think, I don't think they'll get I near think... that level. But with the specific question there of sort of becoming the next, over the next 10 years, who will he's, we see the, in that Ballon next, d'Or yeah, exactly. podium? Yeah. He'll be there. He will be there, yeah. I think. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you, I think. Yeah. If... if... I suppose if we say if, even if he wins the Ballador once or twice, I suppose because um, I got I, I suppose that's a problem. I can't find anyone. I, I'm, I'm normally quite a bit of a disagree merchant with, uh, <laughs> with all you boys so far, um, but I, got, I can't think of a name better. I don't think he's going to be necessarily the dominant player. It's what you think say, he's going to bottle it, you know, as we've said. Name on, name on, yeah, name on, never lived up to his potential. That's the thing. Yeah, I do think he should realistically get two Ballon d'Ors the way more. it's looking it should be more a, he's got everything you need as a footballer in terms of the pace and the dribbling obviously he needs to improve his finishing in his passing game which I think Messi is just so well so clear of everyone else in history on those statistics but yeah I think Mbappe if he plays his cards right <laughs> he will win he could, he could win four or five Ballon d'Ors easily 
I don't think it'll be four or five. I think I think he'll probably be. See, I generally think it could because other other players have been limited. I think Ronaldo and Messi are the only players that have probably won more than two or three. Cruyff's got three. Cruyff's he was class as well. To be fair, <laughs> um, but I don't think he'll get five. four or five. Got two, I think. Did he? Again, you got to look at the competition. Who's yeah. who's competing? Yeah, no, that's the thing. It's, they it's, have been the cut above the rest, and yeah. I think Mbappe is that sort of player who will just be that that extra 10% above yeah. everyone else yeah, in the world. Yeah. The stats don't lie, mate. And I think, yeah. Even though, for me, I still think he needs to leave PSG. Yeah, same. Um, I, I think, think the only place he'd go would be Premier League. I think if he goes to Germany or Spain, it's not worth it. I think he's not getting anything. I disagree with that. I think if he I goes to Spain. Real Madrid or a Barca... Germany, I probably agree with you. I don't think he should go to Germany. No, but not Germany. Madrid and Barca would be the real test. Especially at Madrid, you see the amount of players that have gone to Madrid and just crumbled yeah. under the pressure. Yeah, yeah, the, the pressure. You know, people like Ronaldo fans. thrived on that yeah, pressure. Yeah. Where, yeah. Um, I mean, there's so many names that have just bottled it when they went to Madrid and Barca as well. You know, Coutinho. Dembele. I mean, Usman Dembele was you know seen as this fantastic player, but yeah. hasn't hasn't been able to cope with Barcelona. Um, so I'll agree with you, but we'll. I'm sure in ten years' time we'll have a look back and see what <laughs> happened. I, I I think I suppose I'm the same with Doors here. I think it's, 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 it's a very it's a very conditional yeah, 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 yeah. conditional <laughs> very conditional you love a conditional <laughs> because this, this is based on an unknown future but it's just what you think but yeah, it's just your yeah. opinion but, but, yeah. I've given you my opinion you've got to see if you agree yeah with I, I, I think I think there's no one above him now it's hard to say I, I do agree with you but I think but yeah, it's a it's so many unknown variable. I don't know. <laughs> so you agreeing I, I, or not? <laughs> I, I don't know. It's tough, isn't it? You gotta make it, That's the point we, of this. We mate. are on against the clock here, Scott. Okay. You're gonna be timed out soon. Uh, <laughs> we'll go, I'm going to tentative agreement. Okay, I'll take so, that. So it's yeah, an agreement. Yeah, yeah. There's no. I'm still. I'm saying the words I want to. It's an agreement, <laughs> but it's tentative. So moving on to this week's Dorsey Challenge, what have we got for us, Dors, this week? So we've gone for the Rivals 11. So I'm looking for players who have played for two big rival teams. So the North London Derby teams, you know, Manchester Derby, Liverpool, Everton, that sort of standard from all across the world as well. So mm, nice. And I've heard rumours that Scott's got some African stuff. So I think we'll start with yeah, them. I'm buzzing, buzzing like to find a, out. Italian and Spanish. Um, so yeah, it happens to be the first one in my team actually, oh, the God. goalkeeper. <laughs> uh, we're going to go for a diamond formation, by the way. Uh, but goalkeeper that doesn't matter so much. And we're going for uh, Esam El Hadri, who plays for both teams in Cairo. Uh, <laughs> interestingly, the oldest so oldest ever World Cup player to play at forty-five. I've heard of that. And has won four African Cup of Nations with Egypt as well. I think. He is an Egyptian legend. Uh, I think well over 100 caps for Egypt. Yeah. And and for me, he's he's been rated. Um, I think the, he's been team of the season, well, team of the uh, of the African Cup of Nations three times in the four wins. So he deserves it for me. Um, and then left back, you got Roberto Carlos, Palmeiras, and Corinthians in Sao Paulo. Yes, good. Um, like. Uh, nothing more to say on that one, really. Uh, <laughs> then one Fran on the right hand side, mm-hmm. Real and Atletico Madrid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and his influence for Atletico was just massive, so he had to go in there for me for, uh, despite unfortunately losing Champions League multiple times, uh, and his league win. Uh, Sol Campbell, uh, I think great cho- choice for centre back, not at right back uh, as infamously as I did last time. Yeah. Campbell at right uh, back, but deserves to be there for me. And also Sinisa, um, I can't even say his name very well, but Milan, 
uh, Mihalovic, uh, who played for Roma and Lazio Ooh, in um, in Roma. Won the European Cup with um, Red Star Belgrade and won Serie A twice as well. I think yeah, well deserved in there. Good choice, man. Uh, something a bit different. Uh, so then we've got the midfield. We've got Stefan Frond uh, for Schalke and Dortmund. Um, won the Euros 96 quite a big part of that as my CDM um, won the Bundesliga and the Champions League so quite a successful career for him mm-hmm. uh, then Alfie Kahn for Rangers and Celtic uh, representing Glasgow a little bit more low key a little bit m- not as stylish as the other players I've had in my team but won the Scottish Cup for both uh, for both uh, teams against the other team that he already played for so oh, he won for Celtic yeah. against Celtic won for Celtic against Rangers and for Rangers against Celtic in both finals uh, yeah, that's not that surprising really is it? Yeah. No, not really no <laughs> then we got uh, Nick Barnby uh, for Everton and Liverpool proper journeyman in the Premier League um, one of only nine players I think to score for six different Premier League sides oh, so I think okay. he's he's very versatile he's being everywhere yeah. uh, and he got he was also one of the big parts of uh, Hull getting from League One to the Premier League as well so I think Nick Barnby had to be there for me <laughs> uh, and Diego Maradona uh, River Plate and Boca Juniors uh, in Buenos Aires I think <sighs> had to put him in there for it's me there's not a bigger rivalry than that is no. there? Not, not really <laughs> no. absolutely crazy derby yeah. not known for his time at any club really but given that he's been yeah. at both clubs had to be in there yeah. for me uh, then my two forwards then had to, be, had to be Ronaldo for Inter and AC Milan yeah. um, <coughs> I mean obviously Barcelona didn't and, have to be man oh, well he's, <laughs> he was top class Ronaldo and I have to say no more about him yeah. really what he did for Brazil I also got Dennis Law as well for yeah. uh, City and United very nice um, a United legend after yeah. the Munich disaster winning the, the Ballad d'Or European Cup and the league one of the Holy Trinity man. yeah one of the Holy Trinity and uh, scored a back heel goal against United Uh <laughs> On the day they got relegated as I'm well. I'm sure you so. remember that one. Yeah, you? I remember yeah. that one. Yeah. Tears. So, <laughs> on the day they got relegated. On the day. <laughs> so I was quite happy to uh, to put him in there yeah, as well. Good to see. Great team, uh, Very happy with that one. What about yours then, Rod? You have to go a bit faster, Rod. Yeah, I think I will. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to start with Petr Cech in goal, who played for Arsenal and Chelsea, which is sort of not maybe a, it's a London derby rivalry. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. But yeah. you know, Arsenal, you know, Chelsea. there's been some bitter fought games between us over the years. Occupy the same city, considered Schmeichel, but then I realised that you know when he played for City in 2003, it wasn't actually a rivalry then. No. So I had to leave <laughs> him out. Neighbors, huh? Yeah, Sol Campbell, you know, is one of my centre backs. Invincibles incredible player I then went for Hummels who mm-hmm. played for Dortmund and Bayern incredible centre back you know the classic route yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, right back I went for Gallus who's played for Arsenal and Spurs at right you know he whilst he played predominantly at centre back I had a, I looked it up he played 60 times at both left back and right back so yeah. he could go mm-hmm. anywhere very versatile and then left back he may not have been the best player but he's played for <laughs> Barcelona <laughs> Real Madrid, Espanyol, and Atletico Madrid. Who so is he's this? <laughs> Mikel Soler. Oh you know, left back, <laughs> predominantly active within the 80s and 90s. But, you know, for having played for yeah. three different rivalries, I think he just had to make my team. I can't be worse than Hiron's Cairo base. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's very. Oh, this is ever gold goalkeeper. <laughs> doesn't mean he's the good. It doesn't mean they just don't have any other options. <laughs> I think he's done a very good job. Um, and then I've got, you know, CDM. Vieira, we talked about him earlier in the show, incredible player who played for both AC and Inter Milan. Mm, yeah, yeah. I've then gone for Figo in my midfield for Barca and Real Madrid, mm-hmm. incredible player. I've then gone for someone who's 
probably more known for their time in the Bundesliga with Bayern Munich, but Owen Hargreaves, who's mm. played for United mm. and City. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I've forgotten about yeah. that. I've then gone for a front three of Ibrahimovic, who, who's played for both Milan's as well. Um, incredible player. Really should have probably got a Champions League at some point in his career, <laughs> but just you always, always, it. always eluded him. Always, always left them and then they and then won, he won it. it yeah. Uh, Ronaldo, you know, we've talked about him at length, you know, two World Cups, incredible player. And then Lewandowski, who, mm. again, incredible player. Dortmund and Bayern as the well. Classic Dortmund Bayern really again. Had a lot yeah. of AC and Inter uh, yeah. then rolled. Yeah, a lot. Love the AC Inter though. Yeah, yeah. What about you then, Luca? Um, I've gone for a sort of inverted 3 5 2 <laughs> formation. That's a sort of. <laughs> Packing a few midfielders. Uh, the back going for an interesting one, actually. I mm-hmm. uh, got Buffon in goal. Ooh. Transferred from Parma to Juve. And you might not realise, but in the 90s, yeah. they had a very fierce rivalry. Um, did, in yeah. fact, I think six out of Parma's 14 uh, major trophy finals have come against Juventus. Class. I think they've won two, lost four, uh, including a win in the 1995 UEFA Super Cup, yeah. uh, which was... That Parma um, team was class. Yeah, yeah, really, really good team, big team from the nineties, um, which obviously saw Buffon move to Juventus mm. a little bit later on. Um, I got back three of Campbell, as we've already mentioned, uh, alongside Gallus, the Arsenal and Spurs merchants, both of them, uh, and uh, Thomas Helmer, who's another mm-hmm. Dortmund Bayern move, um, big player in the nineties. Um, Dortmund are actually afraid to sell him to Bayern. They, they wouldn't. They wouldn't do it. So they sold, sold him to Leon, who then shipped him on three months later to Bayern when they doubled their offer. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> they um, they made their money back there. Um, I've got a midfield of uh, Lee Clark. You might remember him, um, a Newcastle boy, but he mm. did play for Sunderland as well uh, for a short period before returning to Newcastle. I think, which is always always a bit dangerous. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah. I've got. Um, Mario Goetze in there as well. Yeah, another Dortmund Bayern. And I've also got Louis Enrique, obviously yeah, the current yeah. current yeah. Spain manager, um, but played for Barca and Real Madrid uh, mm-hmm. in the nineties. Um, I've got Wayne Routledge on the on the oh, left wing. Oh no! no. I thought this was coming. Obviously, played for Cardiff in two thousand nine. That's became became oh, a Swans no. legends throughout the twenty tens. Um, and I've also got uh, Nick. Oh, hang on, what have I got left? Yeah, I've got one more, one more midfielder left. Do I? My page is such a mess here. I what have you done? I've got Nick Barmby as well. We think he was mentioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had yeah. Him. Um, Good shout. In my forward two positions, I've got Johan Cruyff. Yeah. Obviously played for Ajax and Feyenoord as well Not towards bad. the end of his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, and up front, uh, Kenny Miller. <laughs> Rangers and Celtic. I think he went yeah. Rangers, Celtic, back to back Rangers. Rangers. Yeah, he did. Um, he's played all over Scotland. Hibs, Dundee. Yeah. He's um, all. Had a stint at Cardiff as well. He's, he's been everywhere. Been everywhere, yeah. Very good teams, boys. Um, I'm going to start with uh, Peter Schmeichel in goal after Rod's comments about <laughs> how they're not really a rivalry, but I think... I mean, any excuse, United City rivalry is like the B any, rivalry. Any excuse it? to get Big Pete in oh, there, no. You know, what a player. Oh, um, at right back, I've gone for Juan Fran as well, like Hyron. Um, yeah. Brilliant player, obviously very influential at Atletico. And then Hummels and Galas as my centre-back partnership. Um, Galas I had to throw in there because he played for Spurs, Arsenal and Chelsea. Yeah. And uh, he was yeah, Arsenal's... Chelsea's bait. He was but... Arsenal's captain... And three months later, he was a Spurs player. I mean, that sums him up, really. <laughs> That's ridiculous. That's so good. Sums up our captain. Life. Yeah. <laughs> Captain's curse at Arsenal. And at left, left back, I was struggling. So I've gone with Patrick van Arnholt oh from Sunderland and Newcastle. I think he's a really tidy player. Um, very tidy player. Um, CDM, I've gone for Pirlo, who oh, um, started that. his career at Inter Milan before moving to AC. Um, and then, obviously, onto Juventus after that. 
I mean, what more do you have to say about World Cup, etc.? Then I've got Paul Ince as the other mm-hmm. centre mid, um, played for Man United and then transferred to Liverpool very controversially back in the 90s. Um, oh, him, only, one, only two players have played for United and Liverpool, him and Michael Owen, but I'm not a Michael Owen in any team I'll ever make. <laughs> um, then I actually went for Ronaldinho um, in my cam spot for Flamengo and Fluminense, the two Ooh. Rio de Janeiro clubs. Mm-hmm. Um, the flat flu is what they call the derby um, at the American R, obviously. <laughs> I've actually got the world record for a football game. 194,000 people back Good in 1963 God. went to watch that game. <laughs> Sums up how that rivalry. Um, then I go for a front three. So on sort of the left-hand the left hand side of that, I've gone for Cruyff. Yeah, class. I mean, come on, it's Cruyff. Yeah, fair. Um, on the right-hand side, I went for Figo, because I think, for me, that's probably the most controversial transfer of all time, personally. Um, I mean, Barca fans threw a pig's head at him when he took the corner for Real <laughs> in the first time. Sums up that rivalry. And then up front, it's a bit of a meme, but I've gone for Manuel Adebayor, Spurs and Arsenal. I mean, just for that celebration alone for City, you know, oh, running the length it. of the pitch, it was fantastic. It's too um, good. I had to have him in there, mainly to see Rod's face, which is great to see. Um, yeah, that's my that's my eleven boys. That's great, great oh, eleven, mate. Fair dues. I reckon North Korea would have something to say about that world record attendance. Yeah, I'm sure they have. And they got like a two hundred thousand. Oh, that's a little rubbish, mate. Plus VAT as well. Yeah. VAT. <laughs> well, thanks very much for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. We'll be back again next week, so do tune into that. This has been. They think it's all over, and it is now. <laughs>